Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like, truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Well, hi. Welcome to Forever 35. It's a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts, okay? No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. It's true. There you go. Just a reminder that you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mention on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Forever35Pod and on Instagram at Forever35Podcast. And you can join the Forever35 Facebook group where the password is serums. There's also a Forever35 subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash forever35. And we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail or write us a text message at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. How you doing, Kate? Okay. Well, Dory, I, I, have a, I have a product recommendation that I'm really obsessing about. I have two things to share. I have two things Great. to share with everyone. Okay. So first of all, a company called Flamingo previously advertised on our show. 
It's true. They did. They do not still advertise. For some also reason. Also accurate. <laughs> yes. Yes. For some reason, they sent us their winter care box. Very kind of them. Thank you very much, Flamingo. Uh, the products in this box smell so good that I'm I'm like fully ups- I'm uh, it's, it comes with a hand cream, a like whipped body cream, and a ca- a limited edition candle that you can't seem to buy anywhere else on their website, and it's all in their like signature fragrance, which I had never smelled before. Because when they advertised on our show, I think they sent us like a razor, which was great, and and maybe like a shaving cream. I, I'm not even quite sure I remember, but anyway, this freaking candle and this hand cream, and I've tried the body cream once, also delicious, are so nice that I like. I'm now committed to these products. <laughs> they I've got already you. they did get me. They did get me with this box, and I've already I went and then bought a box as a gift for my mother in law because I like it so much. I might also buy it for my sister in law. Listen, this candle is an amazing smelling candle. I, I I don't like, and you know from candles. I happen to have a nose for candles. <laughs> and, you know, my favorite candle is Cozy Nights from Target. And this one, this is getting close to competing with it. It smells fantastic. And I have to say, I really love this. I love this hand cream so much. I love the scent, but the texture is so nice. I've been putting it on every night when I get, I get into bed, I turn out the light, and then I open my little drawer. I get out this hand cream and I put it all over my hands and my arms and then I just like sniff my hands. Oh my gosh. Is that what you're supposed to do with hand cream? Like I don't really get why hand cream is scented. It's not like we're like waving our hands in front of people, especially right now where we like have zero human contact, but it smells so good. I just like smell my fingers. That sounds so gross. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to recommend this winter care set, especially because you can't seem to get the candle anywhere else. And the candle oh. is, is just especially nice. But the lotions that it comes with, it's $45 for the three items, which feels like a reasonably good price point for two full-size lotions and a full-size candle. I agree. And it makes a great gift. If you like need to buy a gift for someone like yourself, I don't know. I, I'm I'm obsessed with this stuff. So I want to also tell you that after I put on the lotion, I then I'm snuggled into bed with my my headphones on. It's dark because my husband's been waking up at like 4 a.m. to go to work. So he's already asleep. Just want to set the scene. Okay. Okay. Listening. And then I turn on my new TV show mm-hmm. because I'm back, baby. I have TV shows again. <laughs> For like six months, I didn't have shows. I couldn't watch anything. I just stared at Instagram numbing my brain and then i watched crash landing on you and i have that reinvigorated me it revived me it brought me back to life i'll never forget what it did for me i love it so much i might need to rewatch it but i've moved on to a new show okay i'm listening it's called healer it's a korean show i've downloaded rakuten uh viki which is a video streaming app for like global tv I'm paying for it. I have the paid monthly membership. Cool. <laughs> this was a fun thing when I was like, "Hey Anthony, FYI, I'm I now I'm paying for this app. Like I don't want to hear about it." <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, okay. I, how much how much is it, may I ask? So, I'm I think I pay $5 a month or 4.99 a month, Dory, for this app. 
Oh, that seems very reasonable. Because it has just full access. It it has it says it has access to like a global range of TV shows, but I think it's I think it's predominantly um, shows from Asia. And so I really wanted to watch the show Healer. It's not on any other apps that I have. Um, it's a Korean show. It's great. So every night now, I'm snuggled into bed. My hands are lubricated and I'm smelling them and watching an episode of Healer on my phone. This sounds amazing. This is where I'm at. And I, you know what? This is my new nightly self-care. Me, Healer, and my hands. And that's... And it, you know, it's it's getting me through the freaking day. Like already tonight, I'm like... Or this morning. We're recording in the morning. And I'm like, just get me to the fucking time where I can lotion and watch Healer. Isn't that the best feeling though? When you have a TV show that you're just like so excited to watch... Yeah, can't wait until you can just like relax and watch it. Well, and I and it's nice because I was so into crash landing on you that the worst thing is when you have a thing you're obsessed with, and then the next thing, like then you can't get into anything else. So I'm excited that I'm really enjoying this new show. That's it's very like suspenseful, but there's also some hot rope. There's appears to be some romance blooming. So any other healer fans out there, hit me up. You know I want to talk. Kate, I watched the first episode of Crash Landing on You. Oh boy. Okay. Taking deep breaths. Um, did you like it? I did. Will you keep going or are you going to leave me here? I'm not sure. Oh God. <sighs> okay. I, I have a confession to make, which is that I did fast forward through some parts of it. I found it to be a little slow. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which is fine. It's probably supposed to be slow and I'm just impatient, but that was just that was just where I was at. I just want to be totally upfront about this. Okay. I okay. enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. I like the characters. I think the story has a lot of potential. Um oh, don't even know where it's gonna go. So I think I will give it another shot. I will say, and you and I you you mentioned this, but like the length of the episodes is a is a bit of a deterrent for me. Yeah, I will you're, admit. You're, you're watching a movie per episode, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it it's it's like such a commitment um that it's it's a little hard. I do it in chunks. Like I would watch like 30 minutes oh, at I a see. time. Okay. Um but look, I understand and I respect the fact that you and I like our pop culture tastes are different. They just are. They just are. And that's fine. And if you, you know, want to reject the best TV show ever created on the planet, that's fine. I see you. I honor you. Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited you gave it a shot, though, Dory, because I have to say that's better. You recommended so many delightful shows, and I have ignored all the recommendations. So you are a better person than I. Uh, well. I, I I disagree, but thank you. <laughs> I will someday watch Call My Agent. Call your agent? Call the agent. Call, call call my agent. I will one day. I will get to it. I actually think you will enjoy the hookup plan. Oh, yes. That's the one that has good romance, right? Yes. I'm, you know what I realized? I need romance. Like, if there's not romance, I don't give a shit. I, I think you'll like the hookup plan. It's Okay. It's, 
it's not it's like very enjoyable the characters i think the characters are really great and it's like it's quick the episodes are like 27 minutes long not not 97 minutes long 97 (laughs) (laughs) uh dory what else is going on in your life aside from giving my the love of my life a chance (laughs) (laughs) um well i had i had a call with my editor yesterday about my book revision which i had told everyone that i turned in um it was a good good phone call we're gonna do one more round of revisions and then hopefully the book will be ready to go off to the copy editor yay i know and then we'll all get to read it and then everyone will get to read it i'm like i'm freaking out a tad because we're really in like crunch time now Mm-hmm. And it like has to go to the copy editor January fifteenth, and we don't have childcare for the last two weeks of December. <sighs> but my That's- my husband will be home, so I'm hoping that we can like divide the days, and I can mm-hmm. just get some work done. That's uh, it's it's hard, but I believe in you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I just want to keep everyone updated on the status. I know it's been a while. My book got pushed back, but it's all happening. It will hopefully be in your little hands did, at the end of June. Did you dedicate the book to me? I did, yes. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. <laughs> you and all of our listeners. <laughs> Just making sure. Appreciate I'm on it. that first page. I'm yep, so excited yep. to read it, Dory, because I haven't I haven't really read much of it. Your first book, I was privy to a great deal. You of it, were this one, I have not read much of. I cannot wait. I mean, same for you. I have not read your new book. Oh, that's true. That's right. Look at us just writing books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. that my book won't be out till like at least 2022. So you know, hang tight. All right. All right. Well, <sighs> shall we pause for a, a break before we come back to talk to Stephanie Whittles Wax? Yes. And we should mention before we get to Stephanie's interview that we do want to just issue a, a content warning. Uh, we discuss suicide and opioid addiction in her interview. So if you would prefer not to listen to those, um, I would skip to the end of the show. Yes. All right. Be right back. 
social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E 
com slash forever 35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever 35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is a friend of the pod and a fellow podcast host, Stephanie Whittles Wax. Stephanie Hello, welcome to Forever 35. Oh, Kate, Dory, I am truly honored to be here today with you. Thank you for having me. Let us read your bio to better equate, equate, why can't I think the word? Equip, acquaint, acquaint, (laughs) teamwork, One of us has a brain here. Good job, Dory. (laughs) To better acquaint you to our audience, Stephanie is the co-founder and chief creative officer of Lemonada Media, a podcast network that shares the unfiltered version of the human experience. She co-created and hosts Last Day, Lemonada's award-nominated flagship show. The series confronts massive epidemics with humor, compassion, and a quest for progress. Its first season confronted the opioid crisis, which took the life of her brother, writer, producer, and comedian Harris Whittles, you know from Parks and Recreation and Master of None. She's the author of the best-selling book, Everything is Horrible and Wonderful, a tragic comic memoir of genius, heroine, love, and loss, which Kirkus anointed a powerful debut upon its release. A reputable theater director and well-known voice actor appearing in countless anime series and movies, she founded Rec Room Arts, a performance space and national artist residency program in Houston, Texas. 
I mean, you are an accomplished oh my gosh. human. That was, I, I don't think there's anything quite so awkward as hearing your own bio read to you. <laughs> I think it might be one of a, a form of torture, maybe, but, but thank you for reading that to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, these are all true facts about you. You're very, you've done a lot. I've been busy. It's it's because if you listen to my show, you know, work is my addiction. So uh, I've been using it as a coping strategy for many years, ladies. Um, but yes, it has been a busy, a busy time for sure. Well, you know, you know, let, you know, we start talking about self-care practices, but I actually think you bring up an interesting point. For some people, work is self-care. Mm. Do you identify with that? Um, that is a, you're just, you're just starting with a hard balls. I mean, I'm going to just start with a, with a baseball metaphor that I don't even know if it's right because I don't watch baseball, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think that I definitely, when times get tough, uh, I want to be busy. I want Mm. to do something. I mean, there's like this, a, a great example of it is that I think it was one month, maybe two months after Harris died. Um, I was scrolling through, you know, the internet as you do and uh, filled out a change.org petition for hearing aid coverage in Texas. Um, my daughter has hearing loss. Uh, my son does two different kind, But anyway, she was an infant at that time and using hearing aids. And I, instead of just signing the petition, um, like sort of started to spearhead the process of getting this legislation done and just threw myself into it, you know, and it felt like, well, here's this injustice. So let me take all of my pain and and kind of like rage about this one situation and channel it into another. And so I think like a lot of times when you have people who are super busy, um, sometimes you're advocates, sometimes you're activists, um, you know, it can be sort of a slippery slope. Like we, we do an episode about this um, on last day about um, Sandy Hook parents who got really busy after that trauma. Um, and so it's like, obviously great to be doing work and we value it as a society and it's very accepted culturally. Um, but I do think that if you are working 18 hours a day and not taking breaks and not making any time for yourself, um, it could be toxic. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Like what is that? What is that line? That's the tricky thing. Yeah. And I, and I think because it is, we celebrate this. We celebrate being industrious. We celebrate being productive, um, hyperproductive. It's sometimes hard to recognize that line. Have you had moments where you've had, where you felt like you crossed it and you had to kind of pull back or, or figure out a new way to rebalance? <laughs> I mean, so many. Um, <laughs> Every day. Which, which one? Which, which moment should I point to? Um, yeah, totally. I, I think it's one of those things where if you do frame work as an addiction, which I am deliberately doing here, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you have moments where you recognize, okay, um, you know, cause here, here's the deal. Like we don't, we don't do things that don't provide some sort of positive benefit for us. We, even if it has negative consequences, it is giving you something positive. That's why you're doing it. Right. So, um, and if, and if everyone sort of externally is going, yeah, good job. Like you just read the bio. It sounds great. Um, and, the, and it is, there's a lot of great stuff in it, but then if you're not carving out that time to sort of like be with your kids and connect with your spouse and, you know, um, do your skincare routine, uh, then, you know, or, or, or go to, or go to therapy. Like this is another thing recently that I've kind of come to is that 
I talk extensively on my show about the importance of therapy, not just when you're in a moment of crisis, but when you're just hanging out in the world and doing quote unquote, okay. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to therapy anymore. I don't have, I haven't made time for that in my schedule. I don't have time for that. Well, that's, that's kind of messed up. Maybe I should. So, you know, re-enrolled in that practice. Um, you know, and I think everyone right now is, <laughs> I don't know. I'll speak for me. It's hard. It's hard right now. Um, we're all just surviving and doing the best that we can, um, which is yeah. rough. I mean, I, we all have children here and, um, you know, that's a whole other thing that's been my kids going to school in the living room, which is um, not ideal for her or for us, you know, as full-time yeah. working people. Yeah. I just went and popped inside to say hi to my kids and they're just like on iPads playing some game. And I was like, well... <laughs> This is what's happening right now. Right. I'm out. Uh, like, just fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, I agree. A hundred percent. What if we didn't have screens at this point? Where would we be? Where would we be? I, I don't even want to imagine it. God yeah. bless screens. God bless them. They're wonderful things. You did mention your skincare routine. <laughs> yes. Have one that you want to share. Oh, my goodness. So this is so funny. I was just talking to our producers and... Um, I was saying that I was coming on your podcast, you know, next. And I was like, I love your show. You guys truly, I think I've told you, Kate, you, you got me through postpartum with my son. I was like in a hole and I just was listening to forever 35, um, constantly. And it was such a light in my life at that, at that moment. Um, so, so thank you for that. But I was saying like, I don't, my self care is so off right now, but I am still washing my face. So I, even in the depths, in the depths of despair, my friends, I have a very solid, um, regimen that is quite simple, but I, I was telling them like, even when I was like shit canned in my twenties, I would still wash my face every night. Um, so I do, for years, I used prescriptives. Do you guys remember prescriptives? Oh, yeah. Are they even still second. around? No. No, they're not. And it was the ones... It was my face soap. And I used it for decades. Um, and they went out of business. So it's like when your product goes out of business, I felt completely lost. You know, my mom and I oh used to God. buy like buy prescriptives, face soap in bulk. Um, so once they went away... I adopted just like, tell me how you pronounce this word. Cerave? Cer CeraVe? CeraVe. Well, we, we CeraVe. CeraVe. Okay, great. I'm going to do what you do because you're the experts in serum, serum and skincare. Um, so I use the foaming facial cleanser. I wash my face diligently every single night. And then I am, I'm very, very intense about moisturizer. So I use the Kiehl's. Um, Ultra facial cream in the morning, and then I use Kiehl's Creme de la Elegance, or don't make me sound French. Um, the, the yellow, the yellow cream at night. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. And uh, and I, I'm I'm like just I'm very into my to my to my face facial facial care. Um, but that's it. It's very simple. But I'm but I I love to do it, and if I don't do it, I feel you know often yucky and gross. So that's my that's my skincare routine, my regimen. Wait, can we just circle back to prescriptives for a second? Sure. Are they the, are they the ones did they ha are they the ones that had like the celebrity ads all the time or am I thinking of a different skincare line? Like celebrity I mean, infomercials? I don't 
No, you're thinking yeah. of, I know what you're thinking of. You are thinking of, I, I can see the bottle um, in my mind. Prescriptives was the one that like, they, they would do like custom foundation colors for you. Yes. Oh, that was yes. like their, that was their gimmick. Like everything could be like customized. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I'm thinking I mean, of proactive. That's yes. where I'm getting. Right. Okay. Got it. So yes. back to pres- prescriptives. I do recall though. That's like very yeah. much my it's youth. Like okay. Nineties. I, I, yeah. yeah, it was, it was from the nineties and we would buy six to seven bottles of the green <laughs> soap at a time. We were just prescriptives hoarders. Maybe that's why they went out of business. I don't know. <laughs> you were the only two people. <laughs> just taking all the yeah. But you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I don't do a ton. I mean, I don't have um, intensive kind of self care practices. So actually when the pandemic happened, I realized like, Oh, I don't, I don't really have to adjust a ton. Like I'm not going to get things waxed and, and like, cared for but my my um my lack of self-care is actually making this transitional moment easier for me so so yeah um i'd love to talk about lemonada and um it's just you know we also started a podcast but you you started a whole podcast company and it, just what you guys have done in such a short amount of time is so impressive. Um, you know, I know Kate and I have heard the story, but I'd love for you to tell our listeners just kind of how you and Jess met and what inspired the start of Lemonada and kind of how things are going now. Yeah, that is that's so nice of you to say. Um, it feels like a fever dream or a fugue state that I have been in for the last eighteen months. Um, but also where I should be. So that's that's an mm. interesting thing. Um, it was one of those things that felt very cosmic. I was a week away from giving birth to Harry, my second child. And I got a cold email from this woman, Jess, who produced Pod Save the People. She, she still does executive produce the show. They won't let her stop. Uh, with DeRay. It's an awesome show if you haven't heard it. Um, and she was like, hey, I... I read your book and I heard you on Nora's show. So she heard me on Terrible Things for Asking. Um, and she said, I lost my brother three months before to the same thing that you lost your brother to. And it was the first time I've laughed or smiled since. Mm. And, um, you know, I want you to come on Pod Say the People to talk about opioid addiction and what we're doing wrong. And, you know, they, they dig into policy on that show really well. And, um, I loved her email. She can convince anyone to do anything via email. It's just a true gift. <laughs> I, I I just admire it so. Um, and so I, I took the call. I was going to talk to her for like 15 minutes. We talked for an hour. It felt like I knew her my, my whole life. It was one of those conversations. It was just mm-hmm. very effortless. And at the very end, she did this thing that I now know is how she does basically everything where she just sort of like threw in this grand master plan that she had in a very casual way that sounded just sort of like, Oh, I have this idea to do this podcast about the opioids crisis. Are you interested in doing it with me? Um, and at that point I was like, I want to say two and a half years out from Harris's death. And I had written this book and um, just been really in, in that world for a while. And, and honestly, like 
didn't really want to continue to think about mm. opioids or heroin. I was kind of done. I was um, over that. And so I sort of said, you know, I'm going to have this baby. I, I, I'm like a beached whale right now. And I'll circle back with you after my boobs stop leaking, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and, um, so I remember very distinctly, it was around the time, it was about three, three to four months when Harry was three to four months. And I read an article that opioids are killing more people now than car accidents. And I just had this kind of out of body experience where I picked up the phone and emailed her and was like, let's do this. You know, I, I don't want to do it, but mm -hmm. it it's terrible. And if we can try to like figure out why this happened, I mean, our big question with last day was, could we have saved our brothers or, or mm -hmm. what, what, what could we have done differently? And so there was a very real sort of investigative part of the series that was very personal to us, which was that we came from quote unquote, good families. We, loved, loved our brothers. They were everything to us and they were smart and they were successful and they died anyway. And so if if we didn't know what to do, how is anyone going to know what to do in this space? Mm. Um, so we started working on the show. And then as we started working on the show, we realized that um, life is really hard and terrible in a lot of ways, not just addiction and loss and, you know, overdose. And so could we create more shows that make the hard things kind of easier for people? And, um, you know, we started shopping last day around and then we had this moment where we were like, Oh, wait a minute, Jess, you, um, executive produce a show, you know how to do this. Let's just do it ourselves. And it was this perfect moment where we found ourselves both available to take this very scary plunge um, and it has proven to be like the most wonderful partnership of my life. Don't tell my mm. husband I said that. Um, <laughs> but like, we don't tell ours either. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. You you know what I mean, ladies. We, you know, get, it. we, get, we it. get it. It's just like uh, you know I, I love partner dynamics. I think it's so <laughs> I think it's so interesting. But we complement each other truly in the best possible ways. So I can get very granular and very in the moment with my thinking. Like I do all of our creative stuff and our, you know, podcast editing and working with the production team. And Jess is very big picture, very visionary, um, you know, and so it's a, it's a really good mix. And she's constantly moving the ball forward when I want to sort of continue to hone something for the rest of my life. Um, so it's been, it's been wonderful and hard and um, totally bananas. And we just launched our 10th show and we are going to be launching our 11th in February. That's, That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's Lemonada. Yes. You know, on, on last day, which is a fantastic podcast, you, your first season covers addiction and then you have been tackling suicide in your second season. And so like, you are really touching these hard topics that we so often refer to as taboo in our society that, that go, as you mentioned, you know, opioid addiction killing more people than car accidents. And yet it's still considered this thing that's, that's so hard for us to talk about. What, what have you kind of learned having these conversations um, 
working through grief, working through what it means to still be here and reflecting on these things and, and also kind of how we, how we heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been so intense. I, I mean, I, I always joke, like I'm so fun at parties, but it's true. <laughs> I, 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 I do not, I'm not, I'm not as a human being, like, you know, like very serious. I, I, I make jokes all the time. And I think that's, I think that's why the show has resonated with people because, you know, when you're grieving, you know this, Kate, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're mm-hmm. grieving, you don't stop being yourself. You don't stop seeing the world through your lens, which for me is being, you know, irreverent and ridiculous. And so I bring that energy into the show and I, you know, it's all first person storytelling. It's, it's, talking to people who have lost loved ones. It's talking to people who are currently struggling with these things, um, talking to experts, trying to understand it more. Um, so just kind of like bringing my humanity to the table and being like, Hey, I, uh, feel all of the feelings too. And I just want to have a really honest conversation with you about where you are and how you got there and what you think we should do better. And, um, so it's been, it's been like, oh man, it's hard to find the adjective to to articulate what it has been, um, like deeply meaningful. There has been so many moments where I have, you know, burst into tears on interviews with people because I, people are sharing just the most hor- horrific moments of their lives. And, and which is such a, an honor to be able to hear that and to be able to kind of hold space for that. And what we've realized doing the show is that, um, and at the risk of sounding too kind of um, kumbaya here, is that sharing stories is is very therapeutic, right? Like yeah. like putting your story out there and talking about it honestly, and you know, it's no accident that the, you know, we talk about like mental health parity in America, which basically just means treating mental health like physical health, so. If you have cancer, if you break your arm, if you are pregnant, if you have any sort of physical condition, you know exactly the kind of care that you are going to get. And if you can't get it somewhere, you know you can get better care elsewhere. Um, It is not stigmatized to have some sort of physical condition. And yet addiction and depression and suicidal ideation and mental illness and all, all the things that we stigmatize and kind of keep in the shadows are the things that people are struggling with in a really sort of um, toxic and and private way. And if we can put that stuff out there, if we can share these stories and say like, this is actually normal, right? We are all struggling with a variety of things. Then I think our policy and the way that we have decided to do health systematically can start to change. So that's sort of like our big goal, right? Is to sort of normalize this and get the stigma and shame out of these conversations. Cause it's just, it's not, it's not helpful. It's not useful. I mean, that's an amazing goal. Um, and I think, I think you are, you are spurring these conversations and you are, you are inspiring this change. I'm just wondering, like as a person who has had to process a lot of grief, um, do you find yourself, having to reprocess that grief as you do these shows, or is it something that kind of helps, helps you heal? 
Such it's I mean, this is a question that we're kind of grappling with this entire season. Um yeah. we we did like I said, we did this episode. Episode three was on Dr. Jeremy Richmond, who lost his daughter, Aviel, and Sandy Hook. And mm-hmm. he was this neuroscientist, neurobiologist, super smart guy. Um you know, created this foundation three days after Sandy Hook, three days after, mm. um, called the Aviel Foundation, and um, would travel around the country and give these talks about brain health and wanting to sort of mitigate violence to others and violence to self. And seven years later, so not not the day after Aviel died, not the month after, not a year or two later, but seven years later. He went to Parkland and this was in 2019 and he did a talk in Parkland and then just a standard talk like he always does, you know, like peddling the the sort of talking points that he has been doing for the last seven years and went home. And that weekend, there was news that two Parkland survivors had died by suicide. Mm. And uh, two days later, Jeremy also died by suicide. So um, we talk in that episode extensively about rehashing your pain again Mm -hmm. and again and again. And they actually, my producer is um, truly made of of magic. I don't think she's actually human. Um, She's like the most brilliant, gifted person I know. And she put together this really horrific montage where at the beginning of every interview, I rehash well, you know, I do this podcast because I lost my brother. You know, I lost my brother to a heroin overdose. So, you know, I'm saying this over and over and over again. And it becomes part of this. Um, it's like making your pain your talking points, which mm-hmm. is so bizarre. Um, and it's like, well, if you kind of get off that train and you really think about it, there is something really sort of... Um, confusing about that right it's like so so when you think about activism work and advocacy and you're like constantly rehashing your grief not only you're rehashing your grief but you're making yourself available to hear other people's grief Hmm. um i can relate to this i know i'm thinking about you actually kate as i'm saying these words um it's sort of a mind trip and i do think there is something i think if i would have started this podcast right after I lost Harris Mm. that it might be very different. So we're, we're about to be at six years since. And I know, I know it it is uh, totally. Yeah. That's so crazy when you start thinking about time, right. When I think about, Oh, I have a whole child that he never met, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and I, my daughter is going to be seven and you know, she was one when he died and it's just time just keeps ticking and you really see that in your kids and then sort of like taking a step back and being like, man, that sucks. Um, but I think because I spent a lot of time deeply, deeply alone when Harris died and I wrote the book in nine months, um, I was like, like in, in the grief I was in it. So it's like, it was like, um, what do you call it when you immerse yourself? Immersion therapy or something? Ooh, it yeah. was like yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Exposure therapy. I, yeah, exposure therapy. I was doing, I was going to therapy two to three times a week. I was writing the book. It was like just living and breathing 
this this thing and and this loss and i had a baby at the time so she was you know she needed me physically to be there for her but it wasn't like um you know like how you have to be there for <laughs> for your 7 year old you know or you need to sort of like engage in this sort of like mental and emotional way i felt like i i needed to hug her and hold her and that's really what she needed as a baby um, and so it was a lot of like hugging my baby and feeding my baby and crying a lot and being in my bed and writing the book. And, and I feel like I just went there so intensely and I did not push it away. I invited it in. And I think because I went through that and it really did help me in my grieving and my grief that I'm able to kind of do this work now. Does that make sense? Or is that totally? Um, no, that makes total sense. I mean, I think it... It's interesting that in the immediate, in the, in the more immediate period after he died, writing a book was was the thing that could kind of get you through the grief. But I think, yeah, if you had tried to sort of process it through a podcast at that time, it would have been really different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really have not put that together until right now in this moment. So thank you so much for... Uh, You're so welcome. That's what we're here for, really. <laughs> As a person who's been been through loss, I still struggle with this when I get asked this question, but like, what can people do if they have a friend who is struggling with, with, with grief in any way? Um, it, like this comes up a lot. Like, what do I, what do I do? We just want, we all just want desperately to help and to be there for people we love. And yes. even those of us who have been through it, I find like, I still am like, what do I do? I, I don't know. know how to help care for, for people who are in it. Uh, do you have thoughts on, on that or, or, or advice to give when asked that question? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do actually. Um, so I think the most important thing, I'm going to speak from where I was in my grief is I didn't want to have to be on the hook to organize you anything, organize anything to text anyone back to pick up the phone, to have to explain anything to get dressed to get showered to be a human. And so I think the best thing to do if somebody's grieving is not ask them what what can I do or um, let me know if you need anything because they never will they will never tell you because they're not thinking about you they're thinking about um, how they want to just lay in bed for the next seventy five years right I mean that's where I was so I always loved it when my loved ones and friends would drop off like, groceries or. Feet or, or drop off meals on the porch and text me and just say, Hey, um, something's on the porch. Uh, go put it in the fridge. Love you. Don't text me back. I thought that was the most incredible act of kindness. And me not having to direct how they cared for me when I was grieving um, was just lovely. And so I, I, I think that's a great way to show up for somebody. Um, just doing something, not asking permission, but just doing it and then not making them thank you, saying very specifically, do not write me a thank you note. Don't you dare. Don't you dare text me back. Um, because that's what people need. They need to know that people are there. They need to know that they are loved and they need food for their children to eat, right? Like I, I did not make a meal or go into the kitchen for months, yet people in my home ate. And I wasn't mm. responsible for that. So um, that's like love and that's care. 
Um, I think it's also really important to not do that thing where, and this is so human and we've all done this where you say, oh my gosh, I totally understand what you're going through. (laughs) Um, because everyone is so different and every loss is so different. And it's like, it's such a wonderful, like you mean well, when you do that, you're trying to connect with somebody, but it sort of is, it, it can feel like, eh, like a, it can feel maybe like dismissive or um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't love that as a phrase. I also don't love um, how are you doing? <laughs> Um, I, I don't like that phrase in grief in, in life. It's fine. Ask me how I'm doing, but expect a real answer. Um, so I think it's better to just be like, Hey, thinking about you today. Um, love you so much. Don't text me back, but just wanted to let you know that I'm here. You know, that just feels, those are my, those are my opinions. Maybe I'm just like a very cynical human, but that's, no, I, no. I, lo- I love the don't text me back. <laughs> I've used it. I've gotten it. It's like, it's, it's Yeah. Oh, and I'm arranging fully with you on that. Arranging a meal train. Like that's such a wonderful, actual, concrete thing you can do. Um, one of my girlfriends who I have been like best friends with since high school, um, her name's Annie. She's like one of the true loves of my life. I remember the night that it happened, she showed up at my house to sit with Iris. Um, because she was a baby at the time and I was like dealing with so much and you know, I came back, she was there. She gave me this massive hug, cried with me, said no words, right? The next day left, there was food on the porch. There was a meal train thing in my inbox. Like she just organized, you know? And I mean, it really like, I like, it makes me like tear up to think about because that's, that's the friendship I'm here for, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is holding your people up in a very uh, concrete and loving way. Oh, that's <sighs> a beautiful note to end on. I think that is, that's such a fantastic example of, of friendship and like true, yeah. true friendship. Um, that's just so lovely. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I just think right now too, we're just y- y'all, we are just in, in the grief space, right? Even if we're not, well, many people are grieving, frankly, right now. Um, there's been a lot of death, um, but also just it's such a rough time, you know, and and for everyone, right? It's just rough. And I think um, in that same episode I told you about, about um, Jeremy Richmond, one of another Sandy Hook uh, community members said, instead of saying, how are you? I now say, how are you today? Mm-hmm. And that is another thing that I have adopted recently. Um, that I think is way more specific because she's, he's like, listen, you can't ask a parent who's lost a child. How are you? Their answer is always going to be terrible, right? You can say, how are you today? And so, um, he gave that to me and I just want to share that with you. I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) Thank you, Steph. Of course. I'm so glad to talk to you all. It was so, it's so nice to hear your voices. You really... I, you really are like my uh, my postpartum jam. So I, I, I appreciate you both. Well, we appreciate you. We do. And this has been such a treat. I'm so glad we've, we finally got to have you as a guest. Yeah. Thank you so much, y'all. 
Oh, wait, Stephanie, we've got to tell everybody where they can find you before you leave us. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right. We're Let's professional podcasters. Yeah. Okay. Plug let me, let me plug it all. Let me plug it all. Um, okay. So we are last day. You can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find all of our other shows if you go to lemonadamedia.com. It's L-E-M-O-N-A-D-A media. Uh, we're on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Whittle Stephanie. I think that's it. I think that's all the places you can, you can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Steph. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Stephanie is just like a ray of sunshine. I I really loved, I love getting to talk to her. She's someone I've like really loved getting to know over the last few years. I like sent her creepy fan emails because her grief writing is so poignant and just wonderful. And then we get to meet in person, which was very exciting. Yeah, she's so great. She really is an amazing, amazing person. So I'm I'm so glad we finally got to have her on the pod. I know, me too. A fellow podcaster on the pod. A fellow podcaster. So Kate, you, you, you nailed your intention. This yeah, week. my intention was to start a new show and or a new book. And, you know, last week I was really mourning <laughs> the end of Crash Landing on You. I still really miss it. 
Oh, I loved it so much. Um, but I've moved on, as I mentioned already at the top of the episode. And also, Dory, I started a new book. Go no, 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 no. on. Of course. It's a, book. it's a book by a past guest of ours. Okay. Are you going to make me guess? <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you because we've, we've had a <laughs> okay. lot of writers on. It's Louise Penny's first book, Still Life. <sighs> and I'm really enjoying it. I, re- I, read the, I read her most recent book, which <laughs> I probably should have started from the beginning, but now I am starting from the beginning. And I'm Yeah, I I'm feel like it. if you started with the most recent book, like I, I feel like you can. There's just like so much backstory mm-hmm. that you miss. If you if you start with the most recent one. Oh my well, gosh, how exciting. And you know what I have to say? Like I'm really enjoying reading it after having gotten to know her and spoken with her and learned about her life and the and just the fact that like her book was rejected so many times. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just really and then to be reading the book and know the trajectory of the series and her career and just getting to know her, it's really, really pleasurable. So I'm really enjoying it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah. And so this week, Dory, I need to stretch. I my like I can feel how tight my body is. You know, I'm I'm not getting a lot of like like I'm either sitting doing work or like hunched, like sitting on my kids' beds while they're in Zoom or like hunched over somewhere. Like I'm not really like lengthening and strengthening and just Mm -hmm. taking good care of my bones and my muscles. And Mm -hmm. I I exercise, but I don't really stretch. So I'm going to try to stretch for a few minutes every day this week. And also it's getting colder and my body just feels tight. Yeah, I hear that. Okay. So last week, your intention was dot, dot, dot. It was to bake a good loaf of sourdough. (laughs) And you sent me the, the picture of the sexiest loaf of bread I'd ever seen. It was a very good looking loaf. It was a whole wheat loaf. Oh, that wasn't then, a sourdough. Okay. Well, it was a whole wheat sourdough. Look at you. Okay. Yeah. And it was good, but I think I prefer the taste of a white sourdough better. Okay. Okay. So I think I like half fulfilled my intention. Are you going to try again this week? I mean, I know you, you've said that your whole fridge is just filled with... My whole fridge is filled with like Levin and starter. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you've become a baker. You've become a I have. The, the scone maker of our fantasies. <laughs> That's me. C'est moi. <laughs> um, so I don't know because my intention this week is to really just focus on my book. And I just can't have other distractions going on. So I might just put baking on pause for a little while. I think that sounds like a good reward for when your book is done. Thank you so much. Get back into the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dory Shafrier, and Kate Spencer, and produced Woo! and edited by Sammy Junio. Oh, yeah. Sam Reed is our project manager, <laughs> and our network partner is ACAST. Boom. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.